Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Wow, what a great song. Welcome back, Geoholics. This is episode 109. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Shoots, what do you have for the safety apparel safety share this week? First off, I feel like he cut that song off before it even started. I know. We didn't even hear Tom Petty's voice come in. You'll get it at the end. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about the common cold. The common cold is just that. It's common, especially when the weather begins to change and it gets colder. Uh, preventing the spread of the common cold comes down to a few basic principles. However, it can be hard to avoid if enough people around you are spreading the germs. A few quick tips from the CDC. Wash your hands often with soap and water. Easy Good. enough, right? Yep. Yep. Avoid touching your face and with unwashed hands. Again, simple, basic logic. Stay away from individuals who are sick. Man, oh man, I'm just... Throwing these softballs up here. As yeah. if we haven't heard this every <laughs> single day is since this March COVID or 2020. Is this <laughs> Disinfect commonly touched surfaces. So, surfaces. So, yeah, basically, don't do any of that and you won't get sick. And, and, and yeah, it, it's the same thing with COVID. But, you know, I had a little bit of a cough this last week and mm. the lovely Carrie was like, is it COVID? Is it COVID? Is it COVID? And I'm like, no. Maybe I got a cough. Yeah. It's okay to just have a common cold. Yes. It I really feel like is. we've it lost really is. that. Yes. yes. We really have. Yeah. It's okay. So with that, yes, that that's my advice. I like it. There shoots. is a common cold still. I like it's it. It's not like all it. COVID. Yep. yep. Good stuff. Good timing as well. Nah, it's I a try. cold and flu season. So it finally got cold here. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> All right. Well, boys, we hit another milestone this week. 60,000 downloads. <sighs> That's a pretty good number. I got to tell you, when we first started this, I had, <laughs> I could yeah. not imagine getting 60,000 <laughs> downloads, but it's taken off. So my personal goal for our podcast for next year is hit the 1000 download mark. 100,000. 100,000. Oh, we'll do that, and we'll surpass that. I think we will. I think 200 is Uh, realistic. I don't know about that. I don't know Uh, about that. What was the goal for the tattoo? It was like 10,000 or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I still got to run a half marathon. (laughs) Yeah, you do. You got to fulfill that. Yeah. I think Talk to Trent. He'll help you out. I was going to say, I think Jake's going to run that with all those supplements he's got. I'll I'll proxy run it for you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, anyways, we can't thank you, the listeners, and our friends of the program enough. Um, Can you imagine 100,000 downloads? That'd be pretty amazing. It's uh, right around the corner. Hearing our voices. Crazy. Humbling. Humbling, but by the way, shameless and not so humbly, uh, we do have two friend of the program opportunities left, uh, and with those numbers, there's pretty good return on investment, I would say, as far as dollars spent. So email us for more details. That email address is info at thegeoholics.com. Uh, PJ, tell us about that opening number. Yeah, so that was uh, Listen to Her Heart, Tom Petty. Uh, American singer, songwriter, musician, record producer, and actor. He was the lead vocalist and guitarist of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, formed in 1976. Petty recorded a number of hit singles with the Heartbreakers and as a solo artist. In his career, he sold more than 80 million records worldwide, making him one of the best-selling music artists of all time. Uh, Petty and the Heartbreakers were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2002. He died of an accidental drug overdose on October 2nd, 2017, one week after the end of the Heartbreakers 40th anniversary tour. 
Pretty sad. He was like in his chair in California oh, on the beach. And oh, jeez, I did not know that. No, really? he was like in his house, which was right on the beach. That's what I heard, at least. Well, he died near a beach, obviously. Yes. Okay. That's wow. what's important. Yeah. He was in his house. He wasn't like sitting in the sand. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, wow, that's pretty like morbid. <laughs> no. No, he was in his house, but it was right there in California. That's what I heard, at least. So, unfortunately, I confirm. I never got a chance to see him. Uh, normally, I would have a story right about now, but I do not have a Tom Petty story. Boo. Love his music. Our guest this evening is a big fan. Maybe we'll find out if he got a chance to see Tom Petty. Okay. Well, he did have his last dance with Mary Jane. Yes, he did. One more time to kill the pain. Yep, yep. There you go. <laughs> uh, here we are. Good to be back. Diamondback Lancer Bank Studio. Um, TK. Yep, right there. He renewed it. for another year. He did. He's going to be sponsoring the studio again next year. Can't thank him enough for that and his continued support. And I saw on Facebook there was a TK sighting in Mesa. Oh. Yes. There He's was a, everywhere. There was a Diamondback Lancer Bank truck in Mesa. So, and I again, saw, he did not call me, and we're not, and he's not in studio. I don't think it was him. I think it was oh. one of his guys. Yeah, I think it was his guy Rob, who's awesome. So I don't care who it is; they should still call me when they're that close. They to my should. House. We gotta let them know. I like, know. Give, we're gonna give I, them the, all, I, all your cell number. It was like his brother. I ran into at Chandler Mall. Oh, that's right. When he was that. in there surveying. Yeah, yeah. that's so, right. That's right. I I feel slighted. Those guys get around for I'm sure. I'm sad now. I know. I got TK Envy again. <laughs> Three weeks in a row. Yep, yep. Uh, shout out to this week's featured friend of the program. This week, we've got Cyanic Automation job book. Shoots, what do you have for us for Cyanic Automation? Well, do you think it should be easier to collect timesheets, daily work records, and invoice your customers? Yes. Is it difficult to look up past jobs in a certain area so you can reuse control points, legal plans, and other information? Yes. Are you sick of using software that does not quite store all the customer and job information you need. Yes. If the answer is yes, which it is for you, to any or most likely all of these questions, you need to check out Cyanic Automation's job book. Created by the workflow experts at Cyanic Automation, job book is a modern cloud-based solution built for surveyors that works in the field. You can get a better idea by going to their website at getjobbook.com. And Geoholics listeners get 20% off their first year subscription. That's a heck of a deal. That, that, it's a good deal. And I didn't even say www before getjobbook.com. I, I, I noticed that. I yeah. noticed that. Um, I actually went back and listened to episode six today. Oh, geez. Uh, the Glenn Abramowski episode. Mm -hmm. And first of all, I wanted to tell you this, uh, PJ, our audio was horrific. Was it really? It was terrible <laughs> compared to what we have now. Yeah. I remember the, I mean, the first couple so episodes were like, this is crystal clear. <laughs> no. And it's like going, like fading from one side to the other. Really? How'd you know. listen to it? Uh, Spotify. No, uh, Podbean. Like in your headphones? Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We, that was a lot of analog. This, we're all digital now. Yeah. Yeah. And we were having the conversation <laughs> during that episode that it's not necessary to say www. When you're that telling was somebody, six. yes, yes, it was that episode. <laughs> oh, I referenced perfectly. So when you said that, I'm like, ah, oh, that's a coincidence for sure. All right, time for the Trimble Geospatial Weekly Words of Wisdom. Our uh, the topic of our show this evening is corporate culture. So I found these to be interesting quotes. Here we go. I got two of them. The first one is corporate culture eats strategy for breakfast, 
Operational Excellence for Lunch and Everything Else for Dinner. And that is by Anonymous. No idea who said that. And the other one that I really like is A Company Culture is the Backbone of Any Successful Organization. And that is Gary uh, Vaynerchuk. Do you know who that is? No idea. Never heard of him? Yeah, that's Gary V. Yeah, Gary V. You know Gary Oh, yeah, he yeah. runs the uh, Toronto Maple, Maple Leafs. I believe he does. Maybe. I don't know. No idea. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's like, catch up with the points. sounds right. <laughs> PJ, what's new, man? What have, you been doing um, this, what have you been doing this last week? Doing good. Yeah, I went out to San Diego. Doing well. For doing, doing well. Excuse me. Superman does good. There um, you go. Was out in San Diego this past week uh, for a concert. Had a lot of fun out there. Got some good weather. Went out on the bay, of course. Just nice. typical of my stuff. Um, I kind of wanted to dive into the stats a little bit. You had mentioned that we just passed the 60,000 um, listener mark. Yeah. Um, it's something we used to do kind of a lot, and I haven't done it in a while. Um, so I just went on Podbean and was looking at where our listeners come from, when people are listening, how long people are listening for. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Our three states, I kind of figured our most popular state would be Arizona, but it's not. Interesting. We actually have the most listeners out of California okay. and then Texas and then Arizona. Wow. So interesting. So weird how we're kind of breaking down the, the state Crazy. barriers there. Yeah. This is kind of a, a, an interesting one that shoots. You're not allowed to answer because we talked about this <laughs> earlier. But if you had to guess what time of the what time and day is our most popular that pe- pe- folks are listening, what would you say? Well, the episodes go live on Sunday morning. I would say people are pretty busy on Sunday. Typically, so I'm going to say either Sunday, well, our time, mountain time, either Sunday evening or maybe Monday morning. Sunday at 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Yeah. They so get they, they get people are up waiting and, up and, and early fresh. in the yeah they so it's yeah so Sunday just about all, starting at 7 a.m. all day Sunday is popular but 7 a.m. is the hottest Interesting. and then um, all day Monday and Tuesday and not as much Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday so people like to consume quickly yeah. Yeah. they like to get on top they're of excited. the episodes they're excited yeah, man, they, yeah. they man, want we that might content have to do this twice a week yeah I, I would do it twice a week <laughs> so what about <laughs> I think what about I might the get divorced but we could do it. <laughs> <laughs> what about the number one most popular episode we have so far at the 60,000 mark? What has oh, the most wow. listens to it? For the longest time, it was Tim Evans. Yeah. Not Tim Evans. Really? Tim Evans actually isn't even in the top 10 anymore. Wow, really? Yeah. I'm guessing it might ha- might be one of those like small business ones or something that we did. Episode 76, uh, Concerns of Young Surveyors. So this was Farah, Zach, wow. and Adam. Um, yeah, so yeah. that one is number one by kind of a long shot. So good I mean, following. That's they have a good following, a good following, and younger folks, and yep. it's kind of what the backbone of the podcast yeah, is. So. No doubt, that makes sense. That's great. That's good um, news. The podcast world is young. Yeah, yep. no doubt. Last one, really quick. Too, I thought this was a, a nice one to talk about our user retention. Mm-hmm. So on a five week time frame, we retained. 67% of users. So 67, if you listened five weeks ago, mm-hmm. you're 67 of those users are still listening. That's good. Wow. So well, well. I'd like to see that from like the very beginning. I'm sure I know yeah. we have some of those cult like followers. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, good retention. That's I, awesome. I could say like Phil F is a diehard. I don't know. TK. I don't know. <laughs> TK, TK is sure, a yeah. diehard. Yeah. There's some diehards. Yeah. Yeah, we have um, those people in our in our repertoire. Yep, for sure. But yeah, I just wanted to dive into the numbers real quick. I know we used to do that kind of a lot, and with yeah, the sixty thousand mark, it sounded like a good time to do it. But well, you do uh, take advantage of that opportunity, PJ. For sure, that was Shoots. awesome. I, like it. I appreciate that. That that of course that makes me humble. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Those are big numbers. <laughs> yeah, oh, and no. really quick, uh, shout out the one user or the yeah the one <laughs> listener in Ecuador. Yeah, our one Ecuador <laughs> listener. Ecuadorian. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> wow. You get a special shout out. Uh, Shoots, what do you got, buddy? I got nothing, man. I know you've I, been under the weather. I've been a little under the weather. I, I'm struggling a little bit after my my wreck and 
all that good stuff. But I did go golfing last week. Yeah, I went out good. for the Terry nice. Borland. Nice. Uh, I, I'm going to do the whole free shout out. Don't get used to it. Aztec Engineering uh, does, does a, a good job. Terry Borland tournament every year raises money for scholarships uh it's a great event they filled it up 144 golfers it was a great time it rained the night before it was wet the day of but we had a great time nice other than that yeah no and that uh, i'm going to keep it short and simple with that no no uh no logs were hurt during no, the, uh, during the I round. saw the dirt pile or the the log pile, <laughs> and I was gonna send you a picture of it, but yeah, no, I had not had any uh, cold beverages to entice me to good boy steal make, driftwood. Yeah, You're to a good make boy. a new You're a good wonder boy. boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what about man. you, Didi? Uh, oh, I had something I, don't want, I wanted to ask uh, producer Jake about. So, sure, uh, Michael Strahan, as you probably saw, went up in Blue Origin. Yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, is he an astronaut or an astronaut? What do you mean by that? Like, N A U T or N O T? Like, is he considered an astronaut by going up? Oh, oh. Is there a no. is there a benchmark for that or something? Do you know? Like, what constitutes being an astronaut? Yeah. No, I don't think so. So he's not an astronaut. Like, if I went on the field for one day, am I a surveyor? Uh, for the day, yes. So he was an astronaut for the day. Uh, was he? I guess so. But would like people who have like orbited the earth be offended by that? Oh, I'm sure. Would surveyors be offended if I called myself a surveyor? He's getting defensive over <laughs> here. Jeez. I just don't understand like these guys going up in space and being all excited. It's 10 minutes. They're here, here's in the, the coming down. Here's the, like, who cares? The Oxford the Dictionary, a person who is trained to, to travel in a spacecraft. Okay. I don't think Michael Strahan would, no. would have been trained. He was trained to kill the eagles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Well, oh, and so that's great. That's the term great. astronaut derives from the Greek words meaning space sailor and refers to all who have been launched space as a crew sailor. member How aboard a NASA spacecraft bound for orbit and beyond. So that's not a NASA spacecraft. Okay. He's not I, an astronaut. Okay. I'm just asking. It's a good so, question. So it's NASA only? I guess so, because so, like think about the like Russian the Russians, your cosmonauts. Cosmonauts. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. So, I think Jake was just excited that he was, I you actually know knew cosmonauts. Yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jake, job. he got mad because I asked him something he didn't know. He got like defensive. <laughs> I, he was like, I got to look this up. Do you see how fast I went to my computer? <laughs> Google will tell me the answer. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. All right, that's all I got. Let's move on with this. Let's get our uh, our guest in the conversation. This poor guy has no idea what yeah, he was yeah. in store He's been for. so patient. So patient. All right, tonight we have with us Mike Bontrager. Did I get that right? You did. Fantastic. Mike was born in Hutchinson, Kansas, migrated to Des Moines, Iowa, where he spent his formidable years, as they say. He attended Iowa State University. Go Clones. Yep. Yep. Cyclones. Yep. Yep. Uh, Are they in a bowl game this year? Do you know? I do not know that. I think they had had a pretty good year, I think. It wasn't too long ago. They were like number two in the country. Yeah. Their quarterback from Chandler, Arizona, or Gilbert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gilbert's a good place. Mm. I would. That's recommend what I hear. That's what. I hear. <laughs> if you want to venture out there, you know, the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Kentucky versus Iowa this year in the Citrus Bowl. Right. Iowa State. Iowa State. Iowa State. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. I, hold on. We're not See, Hawkeyes here. Google does not work that fast. Yeah. You know. Got to do it on the fly, Jake. 
All right, let's move on. Mike's hobbies are uh, woodworking and cycling. Uh, his, his current position, he's the VP general manager for Alston Constructions Arizona office, which he helped open about a year and a half ago. And his passion from a business perspective, he calls himself a culture warrior, which is the reason we have him on this evening. He's a big fan of seeing success in others and helping them as much as he can. He is also involved with this sounds like a really cool organization. We got to find out more about Build Your Future Arizona. That website is byfaz.org. And uh, it attracts people to the construction industry. So I can't wait to hear more about that. Mike, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you taking the time to be here. I'm oh, glad to be here. Super excited. We're going to have a really good conversation about corporate culture and leadership and some other things. Um, but before we get to that, a little icebreaker, okay? Perfect. <clears throat> If, this goes. This Whoa. was from episode six, actually. Oh, this is where I got this one you're from. Bringing it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had to eat one of the following three sandwiches uh, for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Okay, you have one of these for the rest of your life: peanut butter and jelly, grilled cheese, or sloppy Joe. Grilled cheese. Ah. Uh, Yep. Ah, Solid like answer. What were your guys' again? I was going to say, what did we say? I think grilled cheese for me. I said peanut butter I, and jelly. Didn't you say sloppy joe? I, I think I probably said sloppy joe. Yeah. 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 I mean, any one of those. I so we, we all on. picked one and we <laughs> yeah, can good. live forever. Yeah. And I was going to throw a hot dog in there because some people say a hot dog is a sandwich. sandwich. I highly would, debated. I would, highly debated. I would mm. definitely pick a hot dog. Yeah, as a yeah, sandwich. for sure. Right on. I ate one this weekend. It was fucking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. So uh, you helped us pick the music this evening. It was Tom Petty. Uh, have you had a chance to see Tom Pitt? Yes, I've seen him twice, and nice. it was great both times. Awesome. And the guy's a master in concert. Their band mm. is tight. Yeah. Amazing. Was. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have seen him. I mean, absolute legend in the music world. So, uh, big loss when he Absolutely. passed away, unfortunately. But uh, he, let's, yeah. he missed his opportunity to be a space sailor. Yeah. <laughs> yes, That's did. too bad. Yeah, yes, He would have been a good one. Yeah, I think yeah. he would have gone up there and... Yeah. Not had a problem with that. Right. Yeah, would have yeah. gone up and then like written a song about it. Probably, yeah. yeah Major Tom. <laughs> I think it's been done already. Uh, PJ, <laughs> who did that? Yeah, I, I I could see you being a space sailor, buddy. Oh as yeah, much as you like sailing, I'm going up. You're up. I'm yeah, the first chance I get, and then yeah, unlike Michael Strahan, uh, the second I go up, I'll be calling myself an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> right when I get back. You're going to wear the funny suit and everything? Oh, yeah. I'll yeah. keep that. I'll probably wear it every day. You would. Yeah. So, no doubt. Let, let me, total side note. Here we would go. You rather, Off the rails. Would you rather go up with Elon Musk or Jeff Elon. Bezos? Every day. Yeah, okay. Every day. Yeah, yeah, no okay. Doubt. Time man yeah. of the year. Person of the year. I saw that. Yeah, good yeah, for him. For I'm just sure, making yeah. sure. I want to see what side you're on. All right, back to our guest. Prior to, <laughs> prior, so my, prior to your current role at Alston, you worked for 30 years at the White's company, right? Correct. And you were involved in a ton of really cool projects, is my understanding. You know, large shopping malls here in the Phoenix area, multi-story residential projects, uh, and even the the Phoenix uh, Sky Harbor Airport SkyTrain. Correct. Those are some cool projects. One thing you mentioned that I'm very curious about, you became a turnaround specialist for Whites. Explain what that means exactly. Yeah, well, so we were uh, rocking and rolling in Arizona here. I took over the office in 2003, and you're probably too young to remember this, but we had a ride up that was uh, atmospheric, uh, similar to what's going on now. Yeah, and, it was uh, it was it was crazy, and uh, then of course the Great Depression, recession, whatever you want to call it, happened in two thousand eight nine, and uh, so the you know we 
did what everybody else did. We kind of slowed down and the, the company came to me and said, hey, um, you know, you did a pretty good job of growing the office here from 03 to 08. We'd like you to replicate that. And we have some companies, uh, you know, some of our divisions aren't doing very well. And I said, uh, like an idiot, I said, yeah, okay, I'll sign up for that. <laughs> and uh, so we had just bought a company that did federal, nothing but federal military work. And they were headquartered out of Honolulu oh. with an office in Guam and somewhere in Seattle. And uh, so they said, well, you need to go over to Honolulu for three years. You got to sign this piece of paper that you'll stay at least three years. And we need you to go figure out what's wrong with them because they're bleeding money like crazy. And then if you can fix them, fix them. And uh, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> None. And uh, so we packed up the wife, the kids, everybody. We hmm. went over there, wow. lived in uh, a great little town, Kailua, which is on the other side of the mountain from okay. Honolulu. Office was downtown. Had a beautiful office. I remember looking out the window, and I could see the ships coming in and out. It oh. was like, it's, it's like living in a picture postcard oh, like every awesome. day. It was crazy. But anyway, off the subject. So... Tremendous learning experience, different business model, went over there, figured out what was really wrong with the place. You're going you're gonna to be shocked by this. Okay. There was a cultural problem, okay. and it stemmed from the guy who was running the company there, and it just happened to be the guy that we bought the company from. Huh. So he was used to running a very small operation, $36 million and below, so he could get his disadvantaged mm. business mm -hmm. advantage, right? Yep. We gave him all kinds of bonding capacity and he grew up to 250 million and he didn't know what he was doing. So <clears throat> we started figuring out how to fix this, right? And uh, so the bottom line is we did fix it. And mm. when I, it, it took me about a year and a half, I came back to Phoenix and everybody was really happy with that. So the CEO at the time, he says, okay, now you're our turnaround guy. I was literally in Phoenix for one month. Huh. We need you to go to Des Moines. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I, I really don't want to do that. And, it was uh, cold. <laughs> it was cold, and and I I'd already done my I, I, time in I, Iowa. I'd done my prison time yeah. there, right? I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't exactly. want to go back. And, yeah. And, uh, but I, I figured, okay, so I did learn a lot doing this turnaround for this federal group. So they wanted me to do it for the industrial group, right? Which is a completely different business model again, mm -hmm. all. And, uh, so I said, okay, I'll do it. So I said, but I'm only giving you a year. So I went up there and we found all kinds of similar issues, cultural issues, mostly. Huh. It all started from who was running what. And there was some strategic problems too. Like we, we had offices and locations like, why do we have an office here? There's, there's no, like we had an office in Kansas City, okay? Everybody knows that J.E. Dunn owns Kansas City. You, you, you're not going to just go to Kansas City and hang a shingle on the wall and go, hey, we're here, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was, it was a dumb strategic move by the, the leader at the time. And so we closed that office. We went, cleaned up the Des Moines office, went, cleaned up Cedar Rapids. And, and then I hired my replacement who was a 
brilliant food and beverage industrial uh-huh. guy. And he really knew that business inside and out, and I did not. And I knew I was not their permanent solution. So I hired him, and he he turned it into one of the top-performing uh, business units in the company. Wow. So that's how it happened. Well, then, you know, so as disappointing as this is going to sound, um, so all this time away from Phoenix, they brought a guy up from Florida to take over Phoenix, which no. is a never a good idea. And um, it didn't work out very well. And he was damaging our reputation and doing all kinds of things. So I found myself having to turn around my own office. Oh, geez. That you've already so, turned around. That I already wow. turned around. So, you know, so I did that. Well, the company got purchased, okay? And uh, I hung in there for three years or so, and then, you know, everything got wonky. And everything started to change. So I went out looking for a job, and... Uh, I got approached by another company who said, hey, we've got an office in Phoenix that's busted. Can you, can you help us with that? And I'm like, well, I don't have any experience really doing that, <laughs> uh, but sure. So I signed up for that. And um, uh, by this time, I had actually created a template. So, and, I, and I'm not a smart guy, so I went and read a book, right? I think it's called The First 90 Days. <laughs> and it kind of lays it out for you, but yeah. I kind of customize it to fit my own yeah. personality. And so we went in there. Is this going on too long? No, go for okay. it. Okay. So it's kind of interesting. So you go in. Oh, so by the way, I got to tell you, I have never seen, and I'm not going to name the company, but I have never seen a culture this broken ever. And I want to tell you what, what I mean by that. Okay. People lied to each other. People gossiped about each other. People stole from the company mm. like it was okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's enough. And you there, saw all this. I saw all this. Mm. So what I did is I interviewed everybody. We had 34 people. I, had, I asked everybody the exact same question, put it all on a spreadsheet. Yeah. What I was doing is getting a picture of the company, getting a picture of the people, trying to figure out what was wrong. So I was just learning. And of those 34 people, I figured out that four were keepers. Wow. What kind of questions are you asking? So it was just, okay, what's wrong with this place? How do you get along with your colleagues? Hmm. Um, Who do you think, what markets do you think we should be in? Why aren't we succeeding here? And, oh, they were hemorrhaging cash. They had lawsuits all over the place. I mean, it was, their results were dismal at best so and the reason i asked everybody the exact same question i never deviated Mm -hmm. because i wanted to hear the different answers that everybody was giving yep and it was pretty clear that everybody had a somewhat of a different idea of what was going on there so crazy and so we figured out we needed a vision we really needed to reinforce the values we had to get the bad actors off the off the place and of course you can't just you can't just walk in one day and go well you 30 people are you know you can't do that so we we had a structure around how to do that and the first thing i did was hire a really good management team and uh, that i brought in and there was a couple people there that were really good and they they bought in and we proceeded to completely turn that place around we went from about 
25 million revenue. By year three, we were up to 85. Wow. We had, uh, we, that, that, the Phoenix office for that company hadn't made any money at all in six years. And so that so, was by just eliminating the people that were just the toxic dead, dead weight and bringing in a new set yeah. of yeah. people that were more focused. Yeah, and so we, you know, we have a. I have this thing where you you, you can't do it all the time, but you need intrinsically motivated people. Mm. If you have to motivate people all the time, mm. you probably got the wrong ones. Yeah. So you need people that are achievement oriented, right? And they have an ethical compass that points in the right direction. And, um, I mean, to me, those are kind of baseline things. And uh, we, we had strategic cultural meetings, right? We, we sat around as a management team. We're like, okay, let's talk about what we want to see. What do we want to be inside? How do we want to look for people looking in? What, I mean, let's get specific about it. And we did. And then we went out and we talked to all of our people about this is how we're doing it now. And, you know, it's not big, grandiose things. It's like, hey, when somebody emails you, email them back in 12 hours. Yep. If somebody calls you, call them right back, even if you don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. It's just simple little stuff. Be positive. Lean into problems. You know, never run away from them. Just all the all the things, cliche. you know, yeah, all the cliche things that, that you do. And there was some other things too, that we did. We, we did a lot of marketing, you know, we, we just did a lot of stuff. We really worked on the, on the company and, um, that thing was going well and I'd probably still be there, but here we go. They changed CEOs and the guy was a CFO and, uh, I probably don't even have to tell you what that does. Yeah. And, so, you know, then um, I retired, and uh, then I got a call from a guy, and he says, uh, you know, I hear you're out of work. <laughs> <laughs> By choice. Well, I said, well, <laughs> sort of. I mean, I'm kind of sitting on my ass, but, um, uh, and I'm kind of enjoying that. And so, but he convinced me to start this office for, for them, and uh, talk about, and I was jaded, obviously. I mean, I just gotten out of this thing and and uh so they they all say all the right things and you get there and you're like well here it comes and uh, but they were great i mean they have been absolutely they they for this is really the first company that told me what they were and they actually are that yeah yeah well i mean that says tons yeah no doubt so it doesn't sound uh, like there's a culture problem right (laughs) at uh at white's uh how, how big of a company was that so at the height of it, I, it was about one point eight billion all in. How many employees? About six hundred. Six hundred. Okay. Here we had, we were the biggest office in at that time. We had two hundred and twenty salaried employees, and we were doing about three hundred and fifty million. So, I mean, we had a big machine, yeah. you know, and uh, oh, so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I it really was. When yeah. it was rolling. It had to be so good. Oh, it was. We had, I mean, so, and that was another thing, too. You, you learn a ton. And this is, that's where I learned that culture is so important. And I don't know if it eats strategy for breakfast, but you can't do anything without it. That much I know. And you have to work on it. You can't just 
not talk about it. And uh, we actually created a cultural roadmap that I still have. Hmm. And our management team would, we worked on that relentlessly. I mean, when you have, we have all employee meetings with 200 people, uh, you know, it's a production. Hmm. And we told stories and, you know, and whites had a great culture anyway. So we weren't really changing it. We were just improving it and making it what we wanted it to be because we had to work there. So we want to create the place we want to work, right? Yeah. And uh, boy, was that a ton of fun. And I look at all those people that were with me during that journey from, say, 2003 to 10. And I look at them now, and I see where they are, and I see what they're doing. It's, it's amazing. Hmm. I got a guy who awesome. was, was working for me. I actually hired him on a river when we were fishing. <laughs> and uh, he is now a big, high-up muckety-muck at Amazon. Wow. Got a guy, another guy who is a big shot at Mortensen. Mm. Uh, another person, she is actually working. Uh, she's a very high up in a local contractor here. And the list just goes on and on and on. And it's it just, for me, that is just so satisfying to see all these people be. who have mm. really. Yep. Success stories. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. it's got to make you feel good. For it sure. does. It, it is great. It's just a great thing. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple different challenges there. Um, like how many offices did whites have? Let's see. Six. And uh, Alston? 21. 21 offices. So uh, you've had nothing but good things to say about Alston. Company, you know, the, co- the company culture is very plain to see. Um, and even when you have, and I, I've worked for a company that had like 25,000 employees, right? the company culture was made clear from like day one, like the onboarding process, you know, you were either like, you're buying into this, right? To work here, this is kind of like what our mindset is. And I think a lot of companies um, drop the ball on that. So, I mean, I guess my question is, where does it start? You know, like if you're, you know, bringing on a new employee, how do you get them to understand and buy into the company culture? Where does it start? So I think the process, well, for for us, the process starts right at that day one. Yeah. I mean, we what I do is I talk to them about it, but then I bring in the CEO to talk to them about it, in his own words. Mm-hmm. And he's so used to doing it, and he's great at it. And um, so, you know, I think it starts there. Um, and that works really good because he's, he's very good at what he's doing there. And he, he's very vocal about this is, this is what, you know, when I think about leadership and what is missing, right? Here's a guy, his first thought is I got to make sure that this person knows what we're about. Yeah. That's missing. In most companies, right? Absolutely. It's mm-hmm. missing. It's completely gone. Well, does this happen before they're hired or afterwards? Like during the interview process or after they're... Yeah, that's a good question. During the onboarding. Like even during the interview process, I mean, you got you got to be thinking in the back of your mind, this guy fits our culture, girl, whatever. Um, so you have to have a, kind of an idea at that point, right? Yeah. So I interviewed somebody today. And, you know, when you get to be at an advanced age like me... You, you, you know, when you, when you're interviewing somebody, come on. Yeah. 
it's five minutes, and you know whether mm-hmm. this this person is gonna pass the the test or not, right? The litmus test. Right? So yeah. we're interviewing this guy today, yeah. me and my operations dude, and uh, he's given me the uh, like. We need to figure out how to get this guy here. So we yeah. switch gears. We're not interviewing him anymore. We're selling him. Selling him, yeah. And part of that sales pitch now is, uh, hey, I got to tell you what we're about. You know, the no jerk policy. We don't step on people. We see success in others. You know, this is, and the way to get in trouble here is don't ask for help. And, uh, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you you just kind of reverse it and uh, we'll see if it works or not. Yeah, no, that's exciting. I, I just listened to a, an audio book recently. Um, I think it was called like the five dysfunctions of a team. Oh, yeah. And it's funny that of those five that I can remember, I think you've touched on pretty much every one already. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I've lived through a lot of dysfunction. Yeah. yeah he's yeah, an yeah. educated man. Yeah, yeah. He's like the uh, the bar rescue guy for uh, for companies. John yeah. Taffer. <laughs> John, the turnaround I, guy. I still watch that guy every guy. week. <laughs> that's awesome. Um you so, are John Taffer of the construction industry. Yeah, I wish I, I knew who that man, was. Oh, man, I wish I knew have you seen that? You'd, right you'd probably get a kick out of that show. So I, this guy goes in and turns around these bars. The, oh, these I think I've heard just about total that. Total crap bars, yeah. and he just goes in and yells. He might not and do it in the, the owners in the like, in best <laughs> way, like most healthy way, I guess. He's yeah. just literally does it by yelling and like firing yeah, people. It's and, all like, for show. It's a oh, yeah. It's all for it's show. It's a TV yeah. show, but he knows what he's doing. I was probably in him before he turned him around. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) So we need like a construction, what is it, bar rescue? Construction Construction rescue. rescue. Oh, my God. (laughs) There's no limit to the seasons. Right. Perpetual. Never ending. Yeah. We could send you back to Des Moines. What? um, (laughs) (laughs) So, Mike, when when you went to Hawaii, was that an acquisition? It was. So that creates a whole other challenge. Yeah. Be- I, I personally have been involved with acquisitions before. Like I worked for a, a, a pretty good size engineering company in Chicago and four of us from the Chicago office came out here to be a part of a hundred person firm acquisition. And oh my gosh, it was a freaking nightmare. And the pushback was, was horrible. It was horrible. Yes, we had. So when I, when I went over there, so I'm dealing with a guy who is in charge. This was his company. Yep. We bought him out. He's got his folks. We figure out we, we don't have what we need to get the jobs done over there. So I bring in a bunch of mainlanders. They're whites people. And we filter them in there. We had a we, we went to a Christmas party and you know we're we're construction people so sometimes they get overserved. And um <laughs> They literally got into a fist fight oh my at the bar wow. after the dang Christmas party. So we had to break that up. So, yeah, the tensions run high. Uh, there's a lot of ego going on there. And, and um, it is so one of the things that my boss at the time told me, I said, look, why me? I mean, really, we got a lot of people in the company and. I don't, he really didn't tell me the real answer because I think the real answer was you're stupid enough to go. But I think, um, what he did tell me was he goes, well, you have a, you have a pretty good knack for people and you're not scared of anything. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, if you, if you see somebody doing something, you'll just tell them that you'll just, 
you know, and you're not afraid to get rid of people when they're not working. I said, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> okay. So I bought it. Can't argue with that. Yeah. I think, I think the ability to fire somebody is just as important <laughs> as hiring somebody. Because yeah. it's hard to fire somebody. It is. It's, it's, you, you emotionally are attached to that person, whether you yeah. hired them or not. Right. You yep. know that that's their livelihood. That's, that's a tough thing to do. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I'm, this isn't, I'm not proud of this, by the way. But, and I don't keep track, but just from the numbers, I would guess I've probably let go about 200 people hmm. and i mean it jobs. never so and we you know and i'm not one of these guys who goes in and say hey pack your shit get out yeah you i know, was gonna I, say what's the process like fire yeah, me yeah, like, it's, it's not you know it's 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 more like hey th- this is what we need and this is what you're not doing and you know it's not gonna change and uh, so we you know we gotta let you go and but look, you know I'll I'll do what I can to help you get another job. Okay, I know a lot of people, and I can I can be a reference for you because you got strengths that you can use at other companies. You just don't you just don't fit here. It's not that you're bad. It's just you just don't fit what we're, where we're headed. Right? You're not firing. You're transitioning. Yeah, and so here's an interesting thing. So if you do this right, and I'm not saying I did it right all the time because I didn't trust me, but I have let go a lot of people who. I that still call me all the time mm-hmm. to yep. talk about stuff. Yep. I know where you know oh, I'm. I'm doing this. I need some advice here. I mean, it. It. It's so you can do that in a way that respects their dignity. Exactly. Yeah. You've never burnt bridges. Sure, I've probably little. burnt a few. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, over two hundred. Yeah, I mean, it's been. <laughs> yeah, it's bound to happen. But I will tell you, it's a little. It's bad every time. A little yeah. compassion. A little empathy. And that little empathy, empathy, and that a little empathy yeah. goes. Goes a long way in those situations for sure. Oh no, there's there's no question about it. And I always felt yeah. bad enough anyway. I didn't really have to fake it. It was yeah, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I can, I mean, just in the short time we've been talking, you know, and I, I think that you know, like like you were talking about, you know, being really good with people and you know, being able to be honest with people, you know, if it's not working out, not afraid to let them know. Um, being from the Midwest myself, I think there's a lot of traits that comes from being raised in the Midwest, to be honest with you, and certain values that you're brought up with that um, positions you to be good in those situations. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Iowa's a great place to be from. So is Kansas, but, you know, I don't want to live there. Yeah. And Jake's but, from Arizona, and that's why he sucks. Yeah, I was going to say, what traits, <laughs> which values and traits do I have as an Arizona boy? You don't work hard at all yeah. putting these episodes out You're not intrinsically motivated. <laughs> Google it. Yeah, Google. How how motivated am I? <laughs> not motivated. But you're going to be a great sky sailor someday. Yeah. Yes, be yes, there's no doubt. That's yeah. why we put that picture right above his head. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, he, oh. he just dreams about it. He turns around when we're recording. He looks at that earth, and he's like, I'm going See you later. Get that view. It's going to be fantastic. Is that, is that the moon or Yuma? What is that? <laughs> That's actually the studio they used for the uh, space landing. Yes. Yes. Good the moon landing. I love it. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. It's a, it, the earth is supposed to be flat. I don't know if you know that or not. It's mm. a Frisbee. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. All right. We've gone off the rails, boys. Bring us back. So I uh, <clears throat> I jotted this down, and uh, it goes like this. When aligned with strategy and leadership, a strong culture drives positive organizational outcomes. Pretty obvious, right? Mm-hmm. And 
when misaligned, the opposite can definitely occur. And I think based on the, the stories you've shared already, you've seen a lot of that misalignment and the damage that can do to a company. Yeah, it's, it's so at the, at the end of the day, right? So all your troubles are caused by bad decisions and all your successes are caused by good decisions and those people are making them. And most of the time, like 98% of the time, you're not there while they're doing it, right? So this is where, you know, you, you have to have the right people, you have to have the right culture, allowing them to operate freely, and you have to have goals, right? You have to have a, a, a vision, you have to know, they have to have a framework to make those decisions, and then you have to give them the freedom to do it, okay? And we, I, I will, you know, the construction business is tough, right? So we can have people at the lowest I shouldn't say it like, but the lowest level, entry level of the company make a a five-minute decision that can cost you millions of dollars, right? No question. And that's a scary thing Mm -hmm. that some people just can't get their mind wrapped around. And uh, so having having those things in place and having them understand how to make those decisions is hugely important. So we spent a ton of time on that because oh, we're, we're a commodity, basically. Yep. I mean, we don't build anything. We are management. We're a service company. This is one of the things I, I, I have to tell all the guys coming in that graduate from ASU or wherever. Uh, you know, I say, look, we, we solve problems and we serve customers. We don't build anything. Yeah. Okay. We're we're not we're not sticking anything together. We're using subs, and for some of them, that's a that's a shift, right? When you go, when you, what do you mean? I'm not building anything. Well, you're you're, you're not. What are you building? Uh, you you are taking. You're solving problems for a customer, which we we call that customer service, and you're communicating. You're managing a process. That's what you're doing. And, um, you know, for some, the light bulb goes on and for others it does not, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's the same thing as the engineering world. There's primes and their subs Mm -hmm. and survey world. There's primes and their subs and construction is the same way. Yep. It's just that mind shift, like you said, of you get out of school thinking, I'm going to run this whole world. And then you're like, no, I'm just going to manage people if I really want to yeah. get there. Yep, yeah, no doubt. Um, so corporate culture should convey how the business sets expectations and rewards desired behaviors, right? What are some examples of good ways to do that? So, you know, I think being, you know, like I mentioned before, being responsive to the client is huge, especially today. People are so used to the instant answer, the instant everything. Instant gratification. Even guys my age, you know, are getting there now. And so I think that's a simple little thing, but that instant reply is a big deal. Yep. And then... Let's say this is an example. So you, you, you're on a project, you're out in the field, and there's a big problem, right? This is a major thing. Like, we've got a big goof up. 
So how do the people in the field respond to that? Do they kind of cower away in the corner and go, we got to figure out how to, who to blame this on. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, we, we got it. This, this, if this falls on us, man, we're done. Like we got to figure this out. Anyway, we got to blame somebody, right? Where's the architect at? <laughs> and, is a surveyor, the surveyor around? Yeah. Where the hell is he? Oh, he's a surveyor. Oh, oh the you know, answer. you know what he's gonna say? Somebody ran over his stakes. Okay, whatever. So wrong CAD file. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so that's one way, right? The other way is let's get everybody together and figure out how to solve this thing, yep. and then let's bring in the architect, the surveyor. Everybody, we'll bring it. Let's bring them together and go. Look, we got a big problem. Let's figure this. Let's figure this shit out, yep. and then let's take a solution to the owner as quickly as we possibly can, right? Yep. So those are two very real things that happen a lot. Yeah. And so that story we tell, right? We like we don't want to be A. We want to be B. And if we catch you being A. Yep. You're exiting, mm. so you got to be B, yep. right? And um, so, I mean, that's to me, that's a cultural thing, right? Definitely, right? Yep. So, yeah, no question. I, I think you know, you mentioned a, a lot, if not most companies, maybe either don't have a clearly defined culture or aren't really good at um, broadcasting that culture. Let's say. Um, so in that case, I think that when you have a strong company culture, it is one of the few competitive advantages that companies can have that are in that situation. Yeah, I think that's especially true today. Um, you know, so I think the reason a companies don't focus on it as much is because this is a long game. Culture is not point, yeah. six months. It's not a year. It's years. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you're never really there. It's, culture is somewhat aspirational, right? Because you're, you're looking for something. You're always reaching for it, and you may never get it. But you get pretty close, right? And then you have to pivot. You may have to make some adjustments. But the, the, these a lot of the people that run companies now, they're so short-term focused that they just forget about it and, and they don't pay any attention to it. It drives me nuts actually. Um, but yeah, it's a long game. Uh, I, I'm a, such a firm believer in that as a strategic advantage. I will say this though, it's not a sub, you, you, it's not everything. You can't just focus on the culture and then go up. Oh, we're, we're all nice to each other and, uh, we refill each other's coffee cups and, you know, <laughs> You know, blah, blah, blah. And we're good. I mean, you you have to back that up. Yeah. Okay. Once you get that done, now you gotta you gotta be smart about the roadmap. Where are you gonna take this company? Mm. How are you gonna grow it? Uh, you you know, and you better pay attention to your reputation too, because that's mm. that's a thing. Right? So culture is just a never ending moving goal. It's never well, I would it's it's not a well Yes. It's aspirational. <laughs> like, okay, we want to be, I don't know. I, I'm probably not going to say this right. Okay, yeah, we want to be great at blah, 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 blah. Well, how do you define that? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you really can't, but you can, you can put it out there and you can always reach for it, right? You can just keep reaching. 
it's not like you're moving the goalpost, but you know, people are flawed. Let's face it. I mean, nobody's perfect. And uh, so you're going to make mistakes along the way, but don't make as many, uh, you know, <laughs> that's what I mean by that. Absolutely. So what does good company culture look like? Like actionable, like what, what, what are things that you would implement? Like you talked about like responding quickly to emails and like being nice, like what more, like, you know what I'm saying? Well, one of the things that I, I think is, is a big cultural thing now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so being agile as an example. So you got a lot of engineering companies and I'll pick on them a little bit. They're engineers, right? They're pretty rigid. They're used to following, you know, I got a problem. I got A, B, C, D, E, F, you know, and then we get the solution, then we send it out and it's wrong, but whatever. And so, you know, when you, if, if you, you can build agility in as a muscle in a company, right? So you can adapt to change quickly. So you can, you can create that by telling stories and, um, you know, citing exact examples of how we change something rapidly and moved it around. I mean, that's an actionable thing, right? Mm. So if you have, let's say you have a new software system coming in as an example, and everybody's welded to the old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they love it. It's like, yeah. but it's, it's crap, yeah. right? So we're going to move on and we're going to implement this new People thing. People are going to be nervous about the change yeah. and they're going to hate it. Yep. And not be positive right. about it. And yeah. So this is one of the, the things that I, re I really enjoyed about uh, when I was at White's here because we did a lot of that. And the company always picked Phoenix to debut everything. <laughs> the reason is because Most agile. We, we trained our people to let go of the, the old stuff. Be comfortable with change. And be comfortable and with the change and come in. Now, we had ceremonies to kill things off, right? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> That's funny. We, we, we had, like, we would, we, we, I think, did we do this? I think we did. We actually brought in a casket. <laughs> and we had, we had the, the, you know, I forget what software it was, but we had, this thing is dead, right? Sat it in the lobby. And everybody had to go buy it. And we're like... <laughs> what's yeah. going on here but the, like a the, totem though that yeah. like this is yeah. gone this is dead it, yeah. yeah so move on. get over it yeah get sure. over it yeah. and move forward yeah but these I, people weren't shy to migrations and no, reorganizations no. And we started we started the bim department there um all the software implementation started there um and and they knew that if we could start it there create the momentum the rest of the office could see what was going on yeah they would latch onto it. Because mm -hmm. really when I was thinking of like company culture, I was thinking more of like how the employees treat each other, but it's really like how the employees treat each other mixed with like how they complete their work and just like, yeah, like challenge and, and problem solve too. Yeah. We, um, we actually went to, had, you might know, I don't, do you know Brian Owens? He's the VP of safety abusing. I do not. So phenomenal guy. If you ever need any safety presentations or anything unbelievable so we have to don't get used to yeah, it don't, yeah yeah um <laughs> so we had brian do a presentation for us and uh he does an unbelievable job and one of the things he brought up that i thought was so cool is like his his guys that are working on job sites and stuff like that you know they have the abusing patch on or whatever and he's like i want my guys to look at that patch as a badge of honor mm. you know and i'm like love it that exactly right 
exactly you want right. to be proud respect, of where you work. Respect the patch. You know? yeah. As much as you That's have awesome. it right here on your, yeah. your chest right now. Yeah, yeah. Yep, for sure. So I think people, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people think this way that, you know, to have, like, you have to be a 600-person firm to really have a company culture. Is that true? Or can a five-person firm have a company culture? Yeah, it doesn't matter what the size is. I mean, it's somewhat easier to control it. I shouldn't use the word control, probably. But it's a little easier to persuade five people than it is 200. Sure. But, uh, but it's still the same. It doesn't, it doesn't change at all. We only got 12 people here right now. And uh, it's, a, it's fun as hell to hang around in there. Yeah, you know? it's awesome. We kind of keep it light, too, though. We're not <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see yeah, that, right. like, as far as, like, the culture getting, like, I guess maybe the, the way that we look at it, like, a bad company culture is, like, people aren't getting along, right? Like, do you ever see it to where, like, the culture is, like, maybe people are, like, getting along too well? Like, there's nothing getting done because, like, mm. everyone is too buddy-buddy, right? Like, have you had out. that problem before? Yes, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. Mm. I, I, I would rather... You would rather them be more buddy-buddy than negative like too positive than too negative yeah so listen to this for a minute so when i went into this other company this is what was happening we had um a bunch of people well three people in there who would order all the snacks and stuff for the kitchen right and they would order on let's say every other monday they would over order and then on friday after everybody was gone they would load everything into their car and take it home. Now, what does that, what does that mean? Like, I mean, what, what are you supposed to do with that? Like, yeah. I, I, so my being, you know, being this naive kid from Iowa, I'm like, these people are stealing and they, mm. and you confront them on it and they think it's fine. Well, yeah, we've been get, doing this for years. Part of it, yeah. The company kind of owes us that we've been doing this for years. Hmm. <laughs> well, not anymore. I mean, so, so you were coming in and basically saying like challenging them on this and it just been that way for so long. And what was their response back when you told them that it was, we we're not doing this that way anymore. Oh, massive disappointment. Like it was like I was taking a perk. They, they viewed it as a perk. Yeah. Like that was like, a benefit. Of, yeah. It's like, uh, it's, it's like health, health insurance. insurance. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You came yeah. in as like Mike the hammer. Uh, sort of, but it's, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I, you could I mean, probably that's just a tell. weird thing to do, but they had done <laughs> I, I, it for I, so long, they were conditioned to be like, this is normal. I mean, I, I don't, so I'm not your, <laughs> oh, what do you call it? Uh, I don't know. I'm not your yeller, screamer. John Taffer. Yeah, I'm not yeah. that guy. Well, you don't I have mean, to be. You just, you yeah. kind of go, I mean, so, you know, you, you were, use language like this. Is this rational, do you think? I mean, <laughs> would you... So would you steal food from your mom's house? Like, would you do that? Yeah. And they look at you like, well, no, I, I, I wouldn't do that. That's stupid. And I was like, okay. okay. So he's a little more Dr. <laughs> Phil than John Taft. Yeah. It's just like, but, you know, it's, it's and, and we had. Minus the Dr. Phil persona. We, and yeah. I got hair. Yeah. yeah. It's a good head of lettuce. Yeah, I think yeah. you're second to Byron Hess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know who that is, but I don't watch a lot of He was he was another guest oh. and, and his was a little longer, but they were very similar. Yeah. <laughs> so I you know, we, we had we had people in the field like ordering materials to you know for the job, but they were going to their house. Just, oh my God. They thought that was what superintendents did. I'm like 
I don't know where to start here. Like That's straight it, up theft. It's just <laughs> straight up. Oh Unreal. my god. We had. Oh, I gotta tell you this. So anyway, I don't want to burn it up, but we, we. This is so crazy. We had a, a superintendent buying Home Depot gift cards and telling management that he was handing them out as safety rewards on a job when what he was doing was just keeping them. Oh my god. To the tune of about 10 grand. Holy crap, really? Yeah. <laughs> this was normal for He's this guy. A whole Home Depot. He bought we caught him. He bought a compound bow. He was going hunting. It's like <laughs> Come on. Oh my god. Anyway. So, let's talk just a little bit about <clears throat> you know, like future leaders of companies and like, you know, you're obviously not going to be working at Alston forever. At some point you're actually going to retire. Um, how do you, Again. like, how do you go about, you know, figuring out who that future leader is going to be that's going to continue the culture like you're able to do? So that, that's a tough thing. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to reference a, a book that I read years ago and it's called, the book is by Henry Cloud, and it's called Integrity, The Courage to Meet the Demands of Reality. And if you think about that for a minute, so what happens is a lot of people are staring at reality. It's hitting them in the face, and they refuse to acknowledge it. So if there's problems or there's issues, they just want to brush it aside. So that's the first one. And courage means, okay, now that you, you, let's say you don't brush that crap aside, right? So you're staring at it and you're like, wow, this isn't good. You have to have the courage to face it, right? That's, that's the thing. So when you are dealing with somebody who is going to take over for you, you have to have the courage to really look at this person's or people's, people's and go, you know, Either the, the, either they have the potential, but they're, they just need some work, or they just don't. And you would be surprised at how many times that the, your upper management has a pre, preordained concept of who that is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And more times than not, it's wrong. So you have to tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you know, Sally's not it. Uh, what? You know, and... Yeah. So, um, but I think that's hugely important because um, it, you, you want to set, so who was it? Who's the, who is it that guy, is it Simon Sinek who said, you know, this is a long game deal. You're just trying mm-hmm. to outlast your competition, right? So if you really want to do that, you, you got to set it up for success and you just got to pick the right person. And then you got to mentor them. You got to go through all that. And I made, you know, I'm, I've I've done it right once or twice, um, but I've had I've done it completely wrong two or three times. It, it was a miserable. Um, I just did it wrong, and, and it didn't turn out good at all. Actually, does it work out better for that person to come from within versus bringing you know some rock star from outside the company in to carry the torch? My experience is if you've, it's better from within if you've got the right person. Yep. Because everybody will know them. And if it's the right person, when they get the nod, they will applaud that. Yeah. And they'll go, man, I, I love this place. We're promoting from within. He started at the bottom. Look where he's at or she. And this is great, you know. Yeah. 
But many times, especially in this business right now, there's a big gap. And uh, so, unfortunately, you're going to have to go out on, on – And but, boy, you better be careful with that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to bring in the wrong sure. person. Oh, that happens That could be catastrophic, lot. right? Ugh. Yeah, especially. It's like <laughs> yeah. One step forward, ten steps back. Yeah, especially okay. if they're a bit heavy-handed. Yeah. And you did this all on your own. You just rose up from the ranks, and to get to that, no. nobody does it on their own. Uh, I so I, I think I was lucky in that when I went to work for Whites, um, Fred Whites was still running the company, fourth generation, and uh, he was a cha- way ahead of his time and a champion of what you know of, of customer service and culture. He actually wrote a paper on it. Uh, back in the like seventies or sixties or something, and uh, so I was lucky in that I got ingrained in that, and it fit me. And uh, then I had I worked for the same person for twenty five years. So when I came in as a project engineer, he was my PM. When I became mm. a PM, he was my operations guy. When I became the operations guy, he was running the office. And then when when uh, he retired, I took over for him running the office. So it was like, oh, wow. it was idyllic, really, for me. And, and it was great because he just helped me tremendously. The other thing is um, a lot of leadership groups read a lot of books. I mean, you know, you got to work on that. Mm-hmm. You, you just can't. Yeah. It's not an overnight success. It isn't. And, and I, you know... If you're the same person when you're 61 that you were when you're 24, you missed the boat. There's something wrong. Like, you know, maybe you got a job with a name tag or something. I don't know because it's yeah. not, it's, that, that should not be the case, right? I mean, no. you're stacking right. bananas at the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, slugging bags on the. But that, like you said, you had a mentor. Yes. The yep. entire way. Yeah. And that's what we started this all on. Yeah. And I mean, most people aren't that fortunate to have that mentor. I mean, I had an amazing mentor when I first started in this profession and I, you know, I attribute everything I have accomplished because Mm -hmm. of the path that he laid out for me. I worked with him for about 13 years in the beginning of my career and not very many people have that opportunity. Unfortunately, you know, we're, we're missing mentoring. We are. It's, it's so important. And I, I, I would agree with that. I would not be here. I would not. If, if yeah. he hadn't decided that he was going to take me under his wing and tell me when I... I mean, the great thing about a good mentor, okay, they, they don't have a problem telling you you're a dipshit yeah. at times, right? Like, hey, yeah. man, what in the hell are you doing? Yeah, like, good and That's yeah. what you want. Yeah, yeah. That's what you want. I think you're doing people a complete and total disservice by not telling them that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, ideally, they want you to surpass them. Right. But they have to tell you you're an idiot sometimes. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people are afraid to do that. Oh, they are. Yeah. Especially and now. And they're afraid to have somebody surpass Especially them. Especially now. That's a good point. For yeah. sure. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Jake, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah. 
he he's following our mentorship in the podcast game. I got a couple of good mentors. We tell him he's a dipshit all the time. Yeah, no, they correct me. <laughs> Set me straight. We've only given him like eight thousand raises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> time zero. He seems pretty smart. Oh, he's, he's the fantastic. smartest in the bunch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, in yeah. this room, he's the smartest, and he's the youngest. Yeah, yeah. yep, no doubt. <laughs> so I like how he goes. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Nobody sees like, that, but nah. well, I had to Google what an astronaut meant, so maybe not. <laughs> I didn't know what astronaut meant. You were just that quick at Google. So, Mike, let me ask you this. Um, we've touched on a lot of most everything, I believe, that I wanted to touch on. What? What? So what? What motivates you? I mean, you said you're 61 years old. You still have a lot of energy, obviously. Super passionate about what you're doing still, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, what, what keeps you motivated? And, like, what are you most excited about going into 2022? Yeah, well, I, I just love the business. And part of that is, you know, I grew up in it. My dad was in it. And mm. I, I was fascinated by it because there's so much to know. And you can really never stop learning, which I, I really just absolutely love that. Um, so that's what keeps me motivated. And now I'm, and I, I wasn't, I worked a lot. So, you know, I, I this whole work-life balance thing, I didn't get that yeah. uh, memo. So <clears throat> I worked a lot and I never really had an opportunity to give back to the industry that really helped me a lot. And so I finally decided uh, three years ago or so that I was going to change that. And so me and another gentleman, we started the Build Your Future Arizona movement. And so I'm very passionate about that uh, because we we really need to change the perception of what it means to hold a hammer, you know, and uh, put a hard hat on. And so we're working on that. And I'm very passionate about that. We raised about three and a half million dollars for that effort. Oh, that's all? That's awesome. <laughs> we we need some more actually. Alta's part of that. Yeah. So thank you to them. What a solid um, company. Yeah. So uh but yeah, we're you know, we're uh I don't know, it's that. And I, I'll just keep doing it until I don't have any fun anymore. But we're we've got some exciting stuff coming. Oh, this place is crazy, by the way. Mm. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's a lot of building going on. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of building. It's a good That's an time. understatement. It's a for good sure. time. Yeah, it's a good time. So we're having a blast. You know, I, I love, I really do like starting an office. I've never done that before. And uh, every time you win a job, it's like, it's like a big deal. Yeah. You know, I remember when we were at White, we had 200 people were winning a job every month. So it was like, yeah, kind of the luster kind of wore off. But mm-hmm. man, it's, it's a kick now, you know. It's so, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Gets the adrenaline flowing a little bit. No, it's, it's a good time. Keep riding this high. Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Shoots. I got to ask. It's a big question. I don't know if you've listened to the show before, but do you have a mantra that you live by? I feel like you got a lot of wisdom, a few years mm. behind you. I, I'm putting high hopes on you here. Yeah. Uh, so I love Milton Berle's quote, and I had to look it up today because I had forgotten it. But he said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. <laughs> and I, that always stuck with me. Like, I just love that because <laughs> for me, it just means so much. I don't know. I mean, yeah. uh, just, you know, and I always run around telling people, like, if somebody gets stuck, I'm like, hey, man, 
just do something, even if it's wrong. Just, <laughs> at, yeah. just do it. Like you know, you don't know, be stagnant. Yeah, don't be stagnant. And uh, I think the other one is, you know, we I've always just leaned in. So if you want to know where the opportunities are, find the challenges that everybody's running away from. Mm. Right, just <laughs> attack them. Yeah, just oh, I don't want to do that. I'll Here. sign up yeah. for that, yeah. right? Pick me. Yeah, pick me. That's that's where all the great learning happens and all the fun stuff happens, too. It's painful sometimes, but yeah. that's where it is. Hey, that's I great like, advice right there. I like I love the Milton Burrell quote. Mm. Yeah, mm. me that, too. That, I like that, that one a lot. Yeah, yep. I love that. Makes you think for sure. Build that door. Build the door. Exactly. So, Mike, um, <laughs> you know, again, we appreciate your time being here. Because yeah, thank you probably go much. on for another hour. Maybe have you back on a future show. He's sure. got a solid radio voice. Boys. Amazing voice. Amazing mm. voice. I wasn't going to say that. I, know I, what I didn't want to get over his head. Oh, I waited until <laughs> the end before I say anything. <laughs> is there? Uh, is there anything else? That we haven't. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you might want to get out there? Are you? Nah, I'm good. We did good. Yeah, I think so. We I, did well. Enjoyable. We did well. We did oh, well. I had that mistake that I did. I just ordered that I'm Henry Cloud bar. Aye, oh, you did? Aye. Yeah. I'll let you guys borrow it afterwards. Which I'm telling you, it's good. The Integrity Book oh, by Henry Cloud. Yeah. 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 It was, you know, all these leadership books that you buy, they're all great, but they all kind of say the same thing. And, you know, they're trying to sell books, so they kind of take sure. something and twist it a little bit to make it unique. Yeah. Um, and there's a few of them that stand out. That one for me did. Hmm. It may not for you, but it certainly did for me. And I think it was the courage part. Sure. I mean, that's, that's Having the really courage. important. Yeah, what yeah. you said about courage really yeah. did stick out. Resonate, right? for sure. All right. Jake, PJ, you right. got anything, my friend? No. Let's put a bow on Shoots. it. Shoots. You good? Um. Yeah, I think so. All right. Fantastic. Until next week. <laughs> All right. Well, I like the shoots we had tonight. I, was I in a energetic? Yeah. Did you take a nap was, beforehand? I you took a nap I, in no, the studio. I, I I feel better this week than I did last week. So <laughs> oh, good man. It was. I, I got that out of my system. I feel positive. Let's do this, boys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who is this guy? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it. Uh, episode one hundred and nine in the books. Yet another awesome value-adding, friend-making show, no question. Please be sure to check us out at thegeoholics.com. Follow us on all of our social media outlets by searching for The Geoholics. Download all of our podcasts from most everywhere. Be sure to get the Geoholics app from landsurveyorsunited.com. Send us an email at info at the Geoholics to let us know what you think of the show, good or bad. We'd love to hear from you. Last but not least, Please support our amazing friends of the program, just like Cyanic Automation. Every chance you get, be sure to mention your geoholic for the VIP experience. Getjobbook.com. Pay it forward. Make those around you better. Tom Petty, listen to your heart. Available everywhere. Until next time, be safe and healthy, everyone. Once again, a shout out to our friends of the program, Aerotech Mapping, Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys, Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, GetJobBook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, DiamondbackLandSurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey, GetKidsIntoSurvey.com, 
Land Surveyors United, LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Mentoring Mondays, MentoringMondays.xyz. Monson Engineering, MonsonEngineering.com. Nettleman Land Consulting, NLCPrep.com. Parkland Community College, Parkland.edu slash surveying. Safety Apparel, SafetyApparel.us. Tiger Supplies, TigerSupplies.com. Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.